But yeah, this is Spartacast. Yep. By the time you hear this, the last release, but... So we're back for two more episodes of Spartacus Vengeance. Matthew, you have a cool historical... Yeah, we did this last time. Why don't you take a guess about what my facts are? I was thinking about that before, and I didn't think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see what happened. Would it be something about... Well, it seems like there's always orgies, so (laughs) it wasn't that. So, um, no, I was I was intrigued by the mining aspect of the first episode that we watched. I was thinking that, but I was thinking, did we already do that already? (laughs) Uh, You know what? I ought to like write down, keep a tally of like all the topics, so I don't revisit the same things. But I don't think so. I no, I don't think so. Not surprising, but. that the Roman Empire, much like today, you know, they certain minerals and, and so forth, gold, silver, iron, bronze were valuable resources. Today, it's whatever that component that goes into cell phones and batteries and stuff like whatever that is. Like, that's the most like, like valuable metal these days that oh, yeah. goes, goes into my electronics. Yeah. Um, but for, for them, gold, silver, iron, bronze made into coins, armor, arms for military uh and I'll just I'll just read this from this article here. From classical to late antiquity, numerous mining areas were located in every colony of the empire. Centers of ancient mining included Attica, the gold mines of Nubia in Spain, and the tin mines of Cornwall and Devon in Great Britain. The Italian peninsula itself was not abundant with raw materials. In the 2nd century BC, about 40,000 miners worked in the silver mines of Cartagena. In early times, mining was carried out by Romans themselves, but later on... With the considerable expansion of the mining industry, foreign slaves, convicts, and exiles also had to work in the pits. Not, not surprised. Well, hey, it's free labor. Yeah. So why do it yourself if you can, you know? And really, honestly, not much has changed today. That's the, you know, the term wage slave. Like, yeah. we could pay somebody $7 an hour to do something. Why not do that? Or hire a day laborer or something instead of, you know? A union person, so hasn't really didn't pay someone what fifteen an hour in China or China Chinese labor or uh, like prison labor. You know, yeah, they don't get paid minimum wage. Uh, the those slaves who worked down in the mines had no trade or skill, and they were almost certainly less well looked after, as they were easier and cheaper to replace. The mining of raw materials was commonly carried out with the help of hammers, chisels, small baskets, wooden troughs, and sacks made of leather. According to well-known Roman author Vitruvius, you've heard of this guy, well-known Roman author, well-known. Oh, well-known to whom? (laughs) (laughs) Not to me. Rome. (laughs) For vertical transport of the materials... uh, Well, minerals and ores towards the surface, the Romans used a special winch called the secula. Lighting of the mining tunnels was achieved by oval clay lamps, whose burning time was a measure for the working time for slaves. So that's handy. You know, when it goes off, you know, it's time to quit. It's quitting time. (laughs) When it's dark, you can't find your way out. Supply of fresh air to... Uh, to the adits and galleries was guaranteed by the digging of parallel and side pits enabling a natural draft. When necessary, the supply of fresh air was improved by the use of large fans made of fabric. And I wonder how that works. Fans made of fabric. Hmm. Stretch it tight enough. I guess so. But, you know, this this reminds me of when we talked about the mining disasters on on Hooplecast. Because a lot of uh, Deadwood has to do with mining of minerals and the Comstock and the miners that died under George Hurst's supervision. 
and there's there's like a, when, when you dig into the rock you can release like chemical compounds that make the air toxic and uh, combustible and they can there can be explosions in the mines which obviously leads to, to trapped miners and dead miners yeah. so the key is getting fresh air into the mines to avoid suffocation and spontaneous combustion of the age the air in general so it's just it's awful it's, it's oh, guys it's awful which our current president wants to bring mining back right what a fucking rube yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he would be in it like i think he'd be a great president in like the early 19th century or something but it's the 21st century uh, and clean coal is not a thing so f- fuck off with that is yeah. what i say say about that um as one of the most remarkable technical solutions in ancient mining the romans developed specific machines and apparatuses for the drainage of the pits deep pits were commonly drained by the creation of small adits taking water into deeper levels of the mine and if this drainage technique was not successful water wheels and archimedium screws were used to elevate the water and the archimedes screw is like this machine that is like a it's like a pipe and there's like a a screw shaped thing inside the pipe and it like manually you you turn it you pump it and it pushes the water up out of like a lower part of the mine and it like pushes it up and then it can be dumped into like a a reservoir or whatever mm-hmm. but basically as you dig into the into the earth there's more moisture you got to get that water out and how do you get water up they use the they use the water wheels and they use the screw so like they, they got they had some shit figured out so like good on them i suppose but yeah and then i had some bits about like Christ- christians thrown into the mines but that all came from a this christian website which i it was very it was spun really like um oh they suffered but they did it with like a song in their hearts it was really like <laughs> like the the slaves were uh they just had good spirits you know and 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 the roman like overseers like they just they just didn't get it like what is with these people how can they be in such good spirits? Well, it's because they had the Lord on their sides. <laughs> but that's kind of like the whole thrust of the website. So it's like, I don't know how much of this I can trust because it's very like it has a definite agenda other than history because it's called like ChristianHistoryProject.org. And it's like trying to sell you a book series. But the the one thing that like if, if this is true, uh, Christians were sent to the, the mines uh, because of their religion. But Emperor Constantine said that no one should go to the mines because of their religion, and therefore he liberated them from the mines. And then the article went on to say that they all left the mines like singing hymns and gospel or whatever. And I'm going to read it to you. I want to read it to you because (laughs) it's so like, really? Um, Okay. Here, I'm going to find it here. Uh, After years of darkness, a light finally shone over the mines. The Emperor Constantine declared that those imprisoned or shackled in the mines solely for their religious beliefs must be released, protected from danger, and not molested. And so the gates were opened. Villagers who once shouted abuse at those marching off to the mines and quarries were stunned to see lines of folk staggering back in the opposite direction, despite their lameness, their blindness, their bodies racked from effects of starvation. As they passed through the villages, these long columns of men and women sang psalms and hymns, praising God to the highways and city squares. Those had been punished so cruelly, whose chances of survival had been minuscule, were smiling and laughing, 
filled with joy. Bystanders were no doubt astonished. What was it that these Christians knew or possessed that they would behave like this? After all they had endured, thus did their light so shine before men as Jesus had commanded. Uh, Okay, maybe, (laughs) but I don't know. Can I trust that? Sounds a fishy. It sounds a little bit like buy my buy my book buy my book. Anyway, that's that's those are my fun facts. I was looking at the cast of um, Spartacus from what this one of Kirk Douglas in it. And just say who played like some of these characters. Where that should be a bonus episode at some point. Oh, the um, the the original Kirk Douglas Spartacus. Yeah, there's been a couple though, right? I think so. The guy from ER was in one. Uh, Anthony Edwards? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> like, is he Spartacus? What guy from no. ER? Oh, sorry, Anthony Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Goran Viznik. Viz- oh. Viz- yeah, he Viznik. was in I think I saw that movie. He was in... Hmm. All right, today's first episode. Are we finished? <laughs> yeah, we're done. <laughs> today's first episode is The Greater Good... Uh, written by, uh, originally aired February 10, 2012, written by Tracy Belomo, who wrote two small episodes. I don't know if we talked about that last during episode, but it was directed by Brendan Mayer, who's working in Outlander. Cool. Thumbs up to Outlander. I did go back and listen to the commentaries for episodes one and two. They all seem to like Craig Parker. And it seems like they had to rewrite this season. I think they had written it or at least planned it out, but their episode count got reduced thirteen ten because budget right to like Faro's wife had a larger storyline. She didn't die in the episode. It was somebody else that died in that episode she died in. Oh, it sucks for that actors. Yeah, it's good for the, I think it was maybe Roscoe who was to die, I meant Roscoe. Or whatever his name is. I pr- I'll probably say his name wrong. Oh, I don't know anyone's name on this show. And you you ought to know that by now. They all have... I've all given them all nicknames. The bald-headed guy who's banging the ex-slave one. Yeah, the one with the, the kind of modern-looking blonde one. Yeah. I think she looks modern. I don't... But you're you, you're close, though. It's like Roxas or Rexus or Rox, <laughs> Roxos. Yeah. So there is a commentary for this episode by Rob Tapper, DeLucy Lawless, and Craig Parker, which I really love Parker. <laughs> he was good on the commentary. Even before I heard the commentary, I was digging. So far, I don't like his character, his acting. I don't know. He's just always like bug-eyed and irritated and a real just like sad, sad sack party pooper. No fun, dude. I think that's a lot of characters he plays. <laughs> he plays a lot of bad guys. Mm. So. So it starts in the woods, and I figured what would happen. Called it. Are these it. actual woods? Are we on a? Are we out in a location, or are we on a set in I in a like CGI 100% woods? Hundred percent filmed inside, pretty much. 100%. It's pretty convincing, though. It this is, was uh, good. It's really good. They're talking about that on the commentary. Like people can't believe that they don't shoot outside. I think, like, yeah, the trees. Yeah, yeah it, it, it this looked good. It looked convincing. A lot of their CGI does not, but this looked pretty good. Yeah. It it lends a kind of I don't know a sort of artist artistic quality to it because it looks a little unreal and it makes it like I don't know comic booky a little. Yeah, 
I don't mind it. Really good. For some reason, whenever they would say the name Navy or Lucy Laws would say, <laughs> trying to be funny. Mm-hmm. but I kind of, um, well, we see a flash of her in a Crixus and I think I had already said that they recast the role here. Of who? Of Navia. Oh, really? <laughs> Did you not realize it was a different actress? You know, I haven't seen her in a while. So yeah, it's been a while. I didn't I didn't notice, no. Did there, were there any flashbacks to her that were they used a different actress? I don't think they had flashbacks, but they had like Chris's thinking about her, you know, flashback to something that had it's not like when they flash back to Spartacus the arena and had to yeah. shoot Liam McIntyre. Right. No, I didn't I didn't know know that they had recast her. So let me look and see what she's done recently. Seventeen episodes of Arrow, nineteen episodes of something called Shooter, Chicago Med. Yeah, but she's an English actress. The old Navia is on Lucifer now, Ox. Which I've seen maybe the first I was supposed to get caught up on it because Tom Welling is gonna is on it now, but I only got through before I got distracted. Is that the one that filmed no, it's Grim that films in Portland. It's gone. Yeah. There's two that that show, Grim and um Lucifer, they feel like shows that I would have watched fifteen years ago because I watched a lot of TV, but now they seem a little less like not worth my time. Like I'm sure they're fine, but I can't imagine that they're good enough to watch to devote the time for with everything else that I have to do or want to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, Grimm wasn't always great, but it was fun. Maybe because it was filmed here, I liked it more because I don't recognize the city. Sure. The oh, that, city. Yeah, that makes sense. An extra for one episode. But oh my god, that sucks. That was my chance to be on Grimm. There was a, a, there's a guy at work who was an extra in a, in a Bruce Lee biopic that was filmed in San Francisco. Um, it's the one that Billy Mag, Billy Magnuson is in this. What's it called? Um, because I because I read some articles about it and how they were making a Bruce Lee biopic, but it's from from the perspective of the white guy. So it's one of those. Did you have to do it that way? Kind of articles. Oh, it's called Birth of the Dragon. Set against the backdrop of 1960s San Francisco, Birth of the Dragon is a modern take on the classic movies that Bruce Lee was known for. It takes its inspiration from the epic and still controversial showdown between up-and-coming Bruce Lee and Kung Fu master Wong Jack, Wong Jack Man. Steve, okay. Anyway, this is filmed. This was filmed in San Francisco, and uh, my coworker was an extra. He was in like two scenes. In one, he was in an alleyway loading stuff onto a truck, and in another one, he was like on a ship or something. And he's like, yeah, I should see that sometime. I'm like, how have you not seen it? <laughs> like, you were in it, but you're not going to see it and see if you were in it. He's like, oh, I'm sure I got cut out. <laughs> I'm like, well, you don't know until you see it. Like, how have you not seen it? <laughs> that makes no sense. It didn't make sense to me. When I was on Portlandia, we spent like three, three and a half hours filming skit. And they, it was only like a minute and a half in the episode. You had to see me like standing there and clapping or be dancing. I can see you in that. Yeah, like barely. I'm like in the background and out of focus, but I'm in it. <laughs> okay, well, what episode? It was the very first sketch on, I think it's 307 or somewhere in season three. It's one with Roseanne in it. Okay, I'll look it up. Sketch. A wedding a sketch. A gay wedding sketch. <laughs> gay wedding 
Portlandia, Roseanne, not in the scene. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to find it now. Speaking of Portland shows, have you seen Here and Now yet? Nope, but I got your feedback. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep, you did. I asked for it, and you did. So they're attack. They they free the slaves from the wagon train or whatever. Whatever. Um, <laughs> I laughed at the snaked guy that was running out of the wagon. <laughs> it was funny. Um. I I kind of guessed right away that Navia wasn't dead because of the way that they were whispering. Yeah. I I mean, uh, Agron and Nasir. Yeah. I For a long time, I called them no neck and long hair. <laughs> Baby. I couldn't remember how exactly it played out. I was thinking that maybe that guy thought it's dead. But- Oddly, I was able to predict it pretty much exactly that. They knew she was alive, but they felt like because she was in some predicament that she impossible really to rescue her and a lot of them would die doing it therefore why not just say she's dead to save other people's lives which is what lady would basically what he ends up saying yeah. later which is like i lied for the greater good that's the episode title ding ding <laughs> and guess what pretty much everybody that went with them die <laughs> pretty much um Spoiler. i kind of like when spartak is skipping ahead he was in the tunnel when he saw some of the slaves he's like uh i'll come back for you guys later <laughs> <laughs> Everybody anyway. likes Nick Tarabase. It's like, yeah, uh, well, he's cool. <laughs> he's cool. Yes. Just some of the, um, just his expressions. He gets so much joy out of being like, yeah, smile. But my favorite, my favorite thing about his character is when he, you can see like he doesn't want to really be a bad guy, but he kind of feels like no one is meeting him halfway. He's um he's got the doctorate all, all like trussed up and he's tor- torturing him and he's like if you could just like speak he's like he, it's like he drops his kind of evilness for just a second and is like if you could just kind of just help me out here we could just like not do this but when he sees like no one's gonna meet him halfway he's like oh fine I'm be evil again it's it's great there's like a subtlety to that that I, I oh he's so cool and um I've been watching him on the Expanse season two but so far his character hasn't done anything. And that's been disappointing. I wonder if he was a bigger character. I haven't read the book. Yep, me neither. Um, they were saying on the commentary, it seems like they were trying to say this really nicely, that um, Animaeus' prosthetics were showing up, so they had to de- add in. So I'm like saying, oh, I guess he's too black for them to show up. <laughs> but then in the next episode, they came out and said, yeah, he's like so black that his wounds would show Rob Tapper said it at least. Yeah, he's bl- I can't remember the expression. Mm-hmm. Like he's black as something, so his prosthetic wounds show up. It makes sense. Yeah. It may not be uh, politically correct, but it, <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. <clears throat> but um, when Asher carved the, his brand off, I was like, oh, that's a good way to get an infection. Yeah, like how did he survive that? Yeah, gross. Oh, that was gross. So there's all this thing about how Globber needs to send his troops, which I didn't catch the first time. But he needs to, his troops are supposed to go to uh, Varenius' games or whatever he sends. Yeah, but why would they want to see Roman soldiers in the Colosseum? I don't know. That didn't make a lot of sense to me. <clears throat> Even they were saying that it didn't across. And there's this one scene in the villa where Spartacus and Crixus are talking to each other, Navia. And they had to reshoot, they reshot that they didn't have to, but they decided to reshoot that because they thought 
Um, it was too much of a, I guess Rob Tapper wanted to do it because he said it sounded like too much of a self-help group, like two guys crying over. And he said he made a rule after that, that there would never been one guy in a crying. Seems kind of old fashioned. <laughs> it, thinking. I mean, we said it doesn't, didn't feel mm. like Spartacus. Well, we're not used to seeing Crixus be so vulnerable. He's very masculine and, and like he puts on a front, right? An angry front. And he's not vulnerable around Spartacus because they've never been bros before. They've been enemies, really. So this is the first time we're seeing him at like a real low point. And Spartacus is there to to prop him up and be like a good friend. Kind of out of nowhere because I guess maybe they've been doing some sort of like between season off camera bonding or there's at least there's mutual respect. But this is like sort of the first time where it's like, I am here for you, dude. And he's like, thanks, brah. Except the scene actually read a little funnier than that because Spartacus wants to give like a big speech. And then Crixus is like, oh, shut up. In fact, I try. I thought, oh, that's a great quote. I'm going to write down everything Spartacus is saying because he was building up to some some great like point and Crixus like interrupts him. <laughs> so this is where we started to see Nasir and Agron uh, affectionate towards each other this episode. Well, the the blonde slave says, I see the way you look at him um, with adoration or, or whatever. And um, if only he looked at me that way. I That's why I have to be with, uh, what'd you call him? Roscoe? <laughs> I've already forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> she calls Roscoe a base animal, but she's like, you know what? He offers me protection. So good enough. And I really like that actually, because it shows how practical she is. She's like, I know he sucks, but Hey, he, he offers protection. So good enough. Uh, but if, but if she had her way, um, Agron, Agron would look at, is that his name? Yeah. Agron. Agron would look at her the way he does at Nasir. But is that a romantic thing? Because they, or could they just be, I don't know, friend, friend looking. Uh, You know what I'm saying? I I didn't, I didn't see any like romantic sparks, just a kind of a, hey pal kind of thing. Maybe I misread it. I think this would be real. It's some kind of relate. Well, at this point, I would believe that Nasir has a thing for, Agron, but not necessarily the reverse. Um, because I, I felt like I saw I, what she was talking about. Like, I see the way you look at him. It's like, yeah, I saw that too. But I didn't see necessarily that being reciprocated. I think there was one time where he gave, Agron gave him eyes. But could have, oh, when he was complimenting him when they were fighting, or the slave guys. They would find out um, how Lucretia got stitched. She was hurt. Yes. Asher. See, this is why he's the best character, because he, he even brings her back. The second best character. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think about Lucretia? I think I remember watching this the first time, wondering, is she in or is she? Mm-hmm. I have this. I have the same note. It's like, does she believe her own hype? Yeah. I don't know. In the first season, she was manipulative. Now they might be pitching her as crazy. So I don't know. But I think she's the one who gives him the idea of how to get to and how to get Emmaus has been to his wife. Uh, yeah, so yeah, so Crixus find out that Nivea's alive and goes after man, 
Akron got beat up. <laughs> Spartacus hit him up. Like, ouch. <laughs> Deserved it, though. I mean, you should have yeah. to see him hold a grudge against Nasser for telling. What was that? I said, at least we didn't get to have to see him hold a grudge against. Or at least he didn't hold a grudge. Yeah, he didn't seem to. That would have been a real easy kind of thing that they could have written in. Of of now they can't be friends or whatever, or more than friends because of he feels betrayed or whatever. It, it seems pretty like he he let that go. I I appreciated that. So what was all of this? Um, there are some fucking at the villa. I guess when they're getting ready to leave. Like, are they just fucking all the time there or whatever? Uh, Spartacus and Mira? Well, there was what they did, but then some of the other people, and they were, like, in the background when Spartacus. Oh, yes. That was the blonde and Roscoe. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, dick. (laughs) A lot of male nudity. A lot of dongs just. Everywhere in these two episodes, which was, I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah, I'm not all right, <laughs> but there was, there was a part, I guess they were changing clothes too when they were getting ready to list like dong, just right there. Like, yep, they were changing many. Some of my notes are like, just put on pants, just <laughs> I know you guys are like, 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 you're free now, right? You, you can, you can get pants. <laughs> You don't have to dress that way. The other guys, like the senators or whatever, do they wear pants? They wear, like, cloaks. But I guess that could be hard to fight in. <laughs> and it's hard to show off your muscles. But yeah, I, was like, yeah, I was watching some of this, like, when they're in the woods fighting. I'm like, why are they dressed like this? This is weird. It's probably cold out there. Could be. It seems like a lot of the time they complain that it's too hot. And they, they have fans on them and, you know... Uh, but that's a that's in Capua. That's that's by the by the arena in the woods. Could be a little chilly. So there's several mentions how Mira wants to be able to fight fight by her side. They're setting up. Well, we see her. Yeah. Both in this episode and the next one, um, being a pretty good fighter. They said that um, they somebody liked to go back and pick up, shoot extra scenes of her killing people. So I think that's what we got and went back and shot like, or in the woods. Maybe not the, probably not the guy. Well, should we skip to the to the mines? Yeah. She steps forward and says, um, "Hey, is it is it time for me to like present myself?" <laughs> and then the guy takes her into his tent. And the way that she just took command of that whole situation, first she threatened to cut his cock off, uh, and then she just she first she like kicks him too, and then she just stabs him like over and over, and it's <laughs> it is it was pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, and then when she comes out, and oh, it's not my blood, it's my Spartacus. I hope so. And when they get down into the mines and they find Nevia, they said that um, they didn't tell the story properly, but that one woman who jumped up and tried to stop and, you know, some friends be and thought they were coming to hurt her, her off too. Well, I was concerned in the, in the mines um, when they f- thought they had found her, that she was going to be disfigured, deaf. They took her ears. I don't know. Because uh, she wasn't responding. Yeah. To her name being called. And although skipping back, um, very strange that people would just remember who she was. I thought that was, 
I'm looking for this girl. She she bore the mark of Badiatis. Her name was Navia. She's pre- pretty. And you'd be like, who? <laughs> like, I can't imagine that anyone, uh, any of these Romans would even look closely at a, a slave girl and remember any distinguishing characteristics about her at all, let alone her her name. Like, maybe you remember the sigil of the House of Badiatis, but probably not. Like, would you even know that name? Would you know what that symbol was? Would you? Maybe it's your job to know, but I kind of feel like a lot of people in these episodes knew Navia, and there's no way that they ought to know who she was. Yeah, I see. Maybe they knew that somebody being sent away. <laughs> but um, but they find they find her. She is traumatized, understandably so. Um. And then this, uh, <laughs> this like young gladiator slave or whatever, he's like, uh, he pokes his head out. I forget what he says, but then he gets just stabbed. It's <laughs> like as soon as he gets the words out of his mouth. Oh, gross. He I was, called him poor young gladiator doof. That's kind of cute, though. They made a comment on the commentary how a lot of people only get one or two lines before they die. So the character's like... All of a sudden, you know, they get to speak a line. You probably know that they, they're going to die at some point. Uh, well, then Asher shows up with uh, Marcus, is his name, and yeah. uh, those two gladiators that were posing as guards. Asher kills them both out of the kind of out of the blue. Yeah. It was almost like he was he was being held back and he was like, oh, this pretense is so frustrating. I'm just going to kill him. <laughs> Then he was like, whoa, guys, let me explain. These guys were just pretending to be guards. See? And they were like, all right, all right. Guess you're right. But I I, I loved his his glee. Like, he was smiling. Um, and, I, and I actually, like, le- legitimately laughed out loud. Like, because I was like, you're the best. Crixus wasn't happy, but <laughs> was. Uh, whatever, Crixus. But they get away because you can be... I don't know if I could, you know, I get mixed. No, there's no way on that little piece of cloth that's like all shriveled up and probably wet because it's really wet down in the mines and dirty and, and, and yeah, full of blood. And like, you're going to read a map with all, with low lighting, with all that, you know, the pressure of being pursued. You can read that tiny, like little scrunched up piece, piece of cloth and know which way to go. Okay, sure. I have a feeling that guy didn't put very the map and pay attention to detail. Would you even would you even bother with a map, or would you just if uh, let's say you're building a mine? Let's okay. W- way back when you've been transported back in time, and you're gonna you're in charge of this mining operation. Do you build a do you make a map for the underground tunnels, or do you, do you just put signs in the tunnels themselves saying exit this way with a big arrow? <laughs> I see if it were me, I was me, but somebody back in the time of birth of Christ, I don't know. Not me. I'd have arrows exit this way. Arrows. I would, yeah, I would. Well, since I'm probably never stepping foot in the mines myself, I care. (laughs) Like if you guys want a map, you can. (laughs) So this is going on. So they get away. But while this was going on, there was a fight in the arena about. Me neither. (laughs) I should have cut all that stuff out and just made the episode shorter. Five minutes shorter. Would have been better. So I don't have a forgot to. Ooh, that's poor planning. That is poor planning. I'm sure somebody said fuck or. Uh, Lithia's father, 
who in the second in the next episode has sex with Lucretia. <laughs> in this episode, says Lucretia, to find you alive is a blessing from Olympus. And she says, I, I am but its humble servant. You are overly modest. To survive such horrors, Jupiter himself must have taken note of your worth. Aww, that's so nice. You have a big old flirt. This is Spartacus to Crixus. An empty hand can yet become a fist. How many more remain shackled in servitude as Navia was, without hope of love or gentle touch? Together we can strike chain from neck. And then Crixus uh, interrupts. And I think this was... Animaeus to Asher, what does a serpent know of love? And Asher says that its bite is often fatal. Oh, that's a good one. It is a good one. Thank you. So who is the winner of this episode? The winner is Navia. That's what I was... Maybe the loser is Crixus. Because <laughs> he got... Um, I think Crixus. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, he got captured, but he did free his girlfriend, so... Uh, it could be one of the people who died, but I don't know. Yeah, they weren't really that important. Maybe nobody really lost. I'm okay with nobody losing. Best to slay. Okay, there's the guy that got his eye st- Mm-hmm. There's the cute guy who got stabbed from <laughs> in the mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's yep. the guard. I mean, not the guard, the guy that stabbed us in time. Yep. The two guys that Asher killed. Yeah. Uh, there was she kill. No, that's the. I'm gonna go with the guy. Hmm. That was gross. I'm sorry, I gotta go with Mira and the guy at the, in the uh, mines. That was gross. I mean, that was intense and awesome. So, best lay. Um, best lay. Spartacus. I can't remember her name, Blondie. <laughs> Let's go with that one. Because <laughs> that, that one was funny. It was just out in the open. Trying to have a serious conversation in there. All right, ratings. This was a good episode. I didn't need all the arena stuff. That was just a distraction. But all the stuff around the mines, that was intense. And Asher was really fun in this one. And um, Mira really came to her own. I can't, there's really not a lot that I didn't like. It felt really like pretty well paced. So I'm going to give it 9 out of 10. People in need of a shower. Yeah. It was dirty down there. <laughs> uh, I think there was a comment on the commentary about how <laughs> I think it was um, that was one of the first ship. yeah I really liked the episode I agree with you that this stuff in, that was only the riff that wasn't as the rest I liked I liked Mira and I liked Asher and I liked all the dong <laughs> it gets a point just for dong <laughs> <laughs> I, give, I also give it a 9 out of 10 stabbed in the eye cool so the next episode is Empty Hands. Empty Hands, but I'm going to get a drink. Okay. All right, I'll be back in just a sec. All right, I got some ginger ale. Okay. I have to go and cut all that out. <laughs> <laughs> it was only a second. You can leave it in. <laughs> so it originally aired uh, February 17, 2012, directed by Mark Beasley, who directed legend of the seeker a bunch of uh power rangers he's worked on a bunch of power rangers and he's also worked on ash versus the e- and it was written by allison an assistant to steve tonight and i wonder if that's how a lot of people you know the first job for a lot of writers seems that way why was this called empty hands um is it because they didn't get spartacus hmm. so the commentary on this one was rob tappard mark uh, visual effects art director peter Bostader. 
So this is seen at the beginning without any dialogue where they're just hiding from Soldia. <laughs> Freaks and runs. Yeah. So this is one of my favorite um, killings when um, Mira jumps on that guy's back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> frenzy. A frenzy of of attack. I, I said she's very enthusiastic about her job. She's got some bizarre rage. That was amazing. She was all all in it though, these last two eps. I'm loving her. Katrina, she's uh, just comment on how pretty she is again. <laughs> she's so pretty. <laughs> Even when she's dirty, she's pretty. Yeah. Um, there's all this stuff about. I didn't even pick up on what was going on with all this Verinius, Globber, and Sepia, and Sepia, Sepia, Sepius. In this episode, I didn't really pick up on all that was going on because I was only half pinned the first time. Are you talking about the, the brother and sister? Yeah. So the brother wants to fuck his sister, right? I think this implied, yes. And they said on the commentary they were going to go there, but they heard that another show is doing that, so they do it. So I'm guessing they're talking about Game of Thrones. Isn't this way before that? Oh, this was the year after... Who? The year after Game of Thrones. At least this season. Hmm. Well, I certainly got that vibe. Yeah, because he gets mad when he sees her flirting with this. Or he's watching. And Elithia wants Berenius too. She's mad about that. And Glauber didn't like the way that there's all this stuff going on. Mm. And then Elithia, yeah, then Elithia's like, you know what? Let's just have a party. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. And she can throw a party. You wouldn't think, though, that having survived a similar event in that exact same space, that she'd want to do it again. They said that she wanted to um, have more of a high high class, upper class party compared to the ones by um, Bisha and Batiata. You mean like a dinner party? Yeah, <laughs> more upscale. She seems happy. Well, they're skipping ahead. Flirts with yeah, Varinius. Okay, so so they have all these slaves who they captured the Crixus, and I guess Sepius wants cousin dying. The last party that was here. I guess I don't even remember that, but okay. They explained it on the comedy scene. He wants to get revenge for his cousin, so I guess they have to pick one to die. And Lucretia doesn't any money mo, but she makes it seem like she's a Crixus. I knew she wasn't going to, obviously. Yeah. I mean, he's an important character, but I like to think that she was spinning the wheel at, uh, like like we do when we make someone do the 60-second plot summary. <laughs> 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 like, not me, not me. And they, yeah, when they're, like, torturing this guy. Oh, it's awful. It is. And the way that they're, like, you know, throwing their hands in the air, kind of like a boxer, like wins a boxing match, like celebrating, like they actually did something spectacular, just cheering, looking proud of themselves. Got it. It's so it's so grotesque. Um, did did they really behave this way? Like, were they really that depraved? I don't know. Cause this is because this is psychotic behavior. This is beyond. And that creepy guy from season two, the one that really liked Gannick, is back. Yes. I forget what nickname I gave him, but he was... I figured he was going to do something really sadistic. Um, I'm not sure it was any more sadistic than anybody else, what they were doing to that guy. I just, I, I can't even imagine you would do that to an animal. It's so... It was so... Can't they just play categories instead? <laughs> they play checkers. They um, say they brought him back just so they could... <laughs> 
Oh, the the creepy sadist guy? Yeah. Seems like they're doing a lot of stuff, like bringing back. Or, um, so, Elithia is thinking about dissolving her marriage. He may never get out of, he may never rise any higher than he. Seems like a loser. Never wanted me to marry him in the first. But his dad doesn't want to look bad right now. Hmm. I don't know. Seems like they could have figured a way out of that. Maybe in Roman times it frowned upon. Well, did they have to announce that she was pregnant? Um, it just seems like they could have gotten rid of the baby. <laughs> or they could have done like what they do on um, like Downton Abbey, where they send the pregnant woman away and they give birth like with a relative and the relative keeps it. Just go on holiday for a while. Or some other, or some other family raises the baby. Like, guys, there's ways to figure this out. Like, is that or Edith? Yeah, Miss yeah. Edith. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going on a vacation for a few back out. Well, I guess you go before you start showing. Yes, that's the key. You got to go before. You, well, you can go while you're pregnant and then say that you miscarried, but really you had an abortion or you give birth. But then you say you miscarried and then you keep the baby and somebody else raises it. Like there's ways around it. I mean, <laughs> or you say it's, you know, it's like when when a, the daughter gets pregnant and then the mother says, it's oh, that's actually my child. And it was really her, her granddaughter. <laughs> I've got it all figured out. When does that happen? <laughs> um, the rumor is that Janet Jackson had a daughter. I can't remember who raised. Like when she was like really. Oh. Else. I don't know. But anyway. Yeah, Bill Clinton but, uh, has he, that black has that black son. Remember <laughs> <laughs> his illegitimate son? Who? Bill Clinton. Oh. He has a black. He has a black son. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh huh. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> it wouldn't. See, that's the thing. It's one of those things that you could you can see it happening, but it's just a tabloid story. No, it's not. But in Edith's case, her husband died right before she gave birth. Right? Weren't they married? Um, she was going to get married to that newspaper guy, and he went to some place that had like political unrest, and he got killed. Okay. I can't remember if he was like South Africa or, you know, the British Empire at that time. You know, had different colonies and so forth. So I think he went to somewhere where he had some sort of business interest and uh, ended up getting killed. Because there was that, like, they didn't even know for a time if he was actually dead. They were looking for his body. Yeah. Yeah. I love that show. <laughs> <laughs> that show is so good. A lot less dongs on that show than on this. But still good. Still good. Oh, that dog. That one episode where the dog went missing. Did the dog go? Oh, they had to- uh, I cannot believe I remember all this. <laughs> Thomas, you know, the uh, closeted one. Yeah. Locked up the the dog in a shed or something because he wanted to be the hero who found it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Uh, you know, when when his uh, partner in crime, I can't. She left the. Sh- uh, yes. Oh, that was too bad because she was a really good villain. Yeah, it was also <laughs> it wasn't the same with Thomas after she-, she left soap on the ground or something on the bathroom floor, and the mother slipped on it and miscarried. I have to rewatch that show. <laughs> Downton Abbey podcast coming. <laughs> Seriously. Hey, you have another podcast you could talk about you that you're now a permanent host of, but do you want to say that till the end? Um, sure. I'll do it at right. the end if I remember. <laughs> okay. So this party, there's a lot of stuff going on. Okay, so 
Sepia could not join in torture. Good for her. She sure wanted to, but he looked her right in the eyes and she couldn't bring herself to do it. Yeah, because she was giggling and laughing for her. I, I, she was holding the knife like I never done heard that had this before. What do I even do with it? And then, and um, I call it Mitt uh, came up behind her and he's like, I can show you, and like kind of like how a a guy will hold a hold a woman's arms to teach her how to play golf. Yeah, like kind of like envelop her, her to like this is how you swing the the golf club. Uh, he was like gonna take her hand with the knife, like this is how you stab. Oh, really? Am I doing it right? And. Uh, then he looked at her, the the guy who was strung up, and she's like, "Oh, I can't do this." And Lithia's like, um, "Step aside, child. I can do it." And she's crying, and her brother's comforting her. A little too much. Uh, it's a story I need to tell you off air. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. So yeah, Lithia takes. This. I think he said. I don't know if he said that because I can hit a button. Um, so Lucretia's getting all friendly with Elithia's father. Mm, yeah, me neither. She, she overheard that comes talking to her. Bad idea, dissolve the marriage. Takes it upon herself to convince him, I guess. Yeah, it's like one of those things where, um, things were like going really well for Elithia. She was happy about how great this party was. Walks in on, <laughs> walks in on her dad and Lucretia. And I assumed that Lucretia was doing it to antagonize Alithia. That's what I think she said she was doing it to the, yeah. So my feeling is that she was, she's trying to keep Alithia off balance because she, she, I think, I think she feel, well, my opinion of Lucretia is that she's unhinged and she kind of just goes from scheme to scheme really and improvises. There's a lot of improvisation happening here. So she's figured, oh, I'll just fuck this, fuck her uh, father in front of her. That'll freak her out. And then when she got called on it, she was like, no, I was doing it on purpose for you. And now what does Alithia think? Like, is she on my side or not? Well, that's exactly how Lucretia wants it. She wants her off balance. That's my theory. There's so much dong <laughs> in here. Look, there's this um, slave dong in the standing be- behind Sepia. And I guess when she was going about to have that guy. Oh, and then there's some didn't... more dong a little later. And then there's the, like, dong with something over it. Yeah, see. that was weird, wasn't it? They said it was their way of showing an erect penis without actually sticking. I wonder what the difference is. I wonder what, why that makes a difference to a sensor or a network or whatever. Like, you could show a penis if it's flaccid, but if blood goes into the shaft and it becomes erect, oh, now you can't show it. Why? <laughs> what are you... What's the diff? Well, maybe. Do you have the episode up right now? Are you watching it? Are yeah. you, you do you have access to it? Um, is it on? Yeah, I think it is. Go to minute forty-one forty. Everyone, do this. If you're listening to the podcast, bring up the app. Go to minute forty-one forty. So I watched the extended version, and there's this one scene where um somebody's licking that thing. Mm-hmm. And they said they could. That was for the only, and they couldn't show. Really? Timothy Oliphant's back. Uh, yeah, I guess it debuted. So I, I was probably watching the extended cut as well because I was watching the Blu-ray. So it's probably not at 4140. So let me see where I can find it. Um, I wonder how much they actually extend. It was, was it just the penis licking or was there more to it? It was about 59 minutes. About f- okay, so it's at minute 39, 39, 50, 
like 39.50, around 39.50. So everyone's watching. Oh, it's right after the penis licking. There is a penis licking happening in this. It's right after that. But you see these people writhing around, having sex. There's one with this erect penis contraption, whatever, over his ball sack. Um, And there's some people clapping. They look like real doofuses clapping in the background there. Oh, I was in the wrong episode. <laughs> then we get then we get two guys with their penises just hanging out. Uh she licks she licks the shaft of this other oh, one. You see it more in the extended, I think, the licking. I think oh. actually Okay. Uh then we got a bald guy holding a cup. Then and then there's just like this teenage kid just sitting on the ground. He looks way too young to be there. He looks like he's 13. Ah, he looks like he does. What is that? And he's all sleepy looking. Like his parents brought him to the orgy, and he's like, I don't want to be here. They didn't have anyone to, you know, babysit. <laughs> to babysit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they so brought him to the orgy. <laughs> <laughs> and he is just bored. <laughs> he's not old enough to be interested in sex. Anymore. No, he, it's not age appropriate at all. What is he doing there? Whatever you want. And I and I also just love the love those guys clapping as those women are like making out. Clap, clap, clap. Alithia <laughs> uh, sure can show a or throw a good party, can't she? Guy. Oh well, you could see her licking the actual thing. I wonder what was extended though. Hmm. There's something in there that. Hmm. So yeah, so eventually Lithia just, just kind of comes out and so, well, in this episode it just kind of comes out and is going to get you, whatever. Like we're, I, I, don't, I don't know we have unfinishedness. Oh, rewatching this episode right now, um, the brother is stroking the sister's crying face and he says, let us leave this fucking house. Or he, he could mean let us leave this fucking house because either way, uh, he's drying her tears with his fingers. He gets his, he puts his forehead on her forehead. And he's and he says, "Let us leave this fucking house and see memory of this night fade in warm embrace." And he looks deep into her eyes, and then he, yes, they kiss. He like kisses her upper lip, and she goes, "Yes, brother." So, um, yeah, I remember. That's it. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, they're playing it pretty uh, coy though. It's not Nobody, like uh, uh, Game of Thrones, Glover where where saw them leaving. He kind of yeah and. Lithia doesn't like. Uh, does he? Gra- he grabs her thigh or grabs her vagina or something. Yeah, there's a lot of dialogue here that I didn't really follow. Um, but during it, he's basically um, fingering her. Yeah, I think she was trying to say that could get rid of Glober. I don't know. He was saying that those other girls aren't married and they don't have. They're not. Pre- I was all of it. Nah, me neither. Her, her husband's a loser, though. <laughs> So I don't know the um, whole Spartacus storyline this episode. Oh, we didn't talk about was how Agron had said that he was going to go to Vesuvia and want to go die in the mine. Right. There's something about a a slave ship. (laughs) So this whole time they're just trying to avoid or get away from the Romans. Yeah, it's it's pretty thin. Yeah. Their storyline this episode. Um, It's a lot of running. It's a lot of... Uh, them getting lost in the woods and ah, there's a body. Um, stabby, stabby. Yeah. Somebody got their arm cut off. 
he cuts off the guy's arm in this downward motion, but the arm spirals upwards <laughs> into the sky. I watched it like three times trying to figure out <laughs> the physics of that, and it didn't make any sense to me. Um. Uh, and then they get, um, it seems like at the end, they're going to be apprehended or whatever. I mean, I knew they wouldn't be. I, I Again, I predicted that it would be their friends rescuing well like sort of not rescuing them but kind of coming upon them yeah it's kind of like he is kind of like gandalf in the second lord of the rings on the third day to the <laughs> he came in like we, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was this whole lord of the rings was, and the scene with the music playing and everybody's happy to remind me agron put a shirt on though sort of Something of a cloak. I wonder. See it in the background. They're all. Oh, yeah. We talk about Nasir getting hurt and they're trying to save him. Yeah. And then there's um, the other gladiators are like, "Eh, if he bleeds, the blood trail will lead them to us. So we have to leave him. Like, we need to kill him. And Spartacus is like, you can't kill him. He's like, well, then you could kill him. No, I can't kill him either. (laughs) Um, Both of those guys end up dead. The other gladiators. They're kind of vanilla. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, that feels like the ep. Um, yeah. Asher is in this one, but he doesn't have a lot to do. He does kill Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> dying tonight. Because Marcus wants to like call for reinforcements, and Asher's like, you, you stop making noises. You'll get us killed. And he won't stop, and so Asher has to kill him. Of course. Makes sense. <laughs> Yeah. He's trying to survive. <laughs> Marcus is trying to go out in glory. Right. Exactly. He's trying to be a soldier and not f- think selfishly. And that's not who Asher is. <laughs> For him, it's all about survival and advancement and uh, not being noble. He doesn't have honor. That's okay. That's what makes him fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Any quotes? Yes. Let me see here. I have... um. This is a conversation between Alithia and Lucretia. I will dash your head against the stones as I did Licinia with tales of how you lost wits and came to me. Your father will not mourn the passing of a fated whore. Hmm. Others. Yes, I have another one of, uh, it's, it's Alithia to, um, Lucretia. When Marcus returns, absent Spartacus, you shall be revealed as what you are, an empty vessel, barren of life and prophecy. Cold, but I loved it. <laughs> That's it. Uh who is the winner or winner chicken or um was there a winner? Lithia except that so is a Lithia She threw a great party. She did throw a great party and she got she put down Sepia kind of show. Yeah, she uh she took command of that guy and killed him really demonstrated her what her willingness to murder people what did that guy say he's like she doesn't really get hung up on that stuff right something like that yeah i'm okay i'm good with her yeah loser it's gotta be that dude right (laughs) long haired dude long haired dude (laughs) rsvb long haired dude (laughs) Uh, best slay that's what I would have give to Mira at the beginning. <laughs> she just hops with the guy's back. Mm-hmm. And, like, f- rapidly stabs him, like, a <laughs> little, little time. Kind of like um, Arya when she jumped on um, 
in the house, not the house in black and white, the, um, in that brothel scene uh, toward yeah, the end of that one season, um, uh, she was blinding that, she blinded that dude and stuffed a thing in his mouth and she, but she like jumped on him and like little quick stabs or am I misremembering that scene? It reminds me of a video. I can't remember. It seems like it was a video game where somebody, one of their attacks with abs. It's probably been a- Possibly. That's not my best slay. Mine is when Spartacus spears that guy who jumps at him and he like lifts him up overhead on the spear and dumps him on the other side. I thought that was cool. I liked it. Uh, best lay. <laughs> there was a <laughs> lot of that going on. <laughs> Yeah, the whole like or um, Daddy Dearest and Lucretia, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. She didn't look too uh, into happy, it. Yeah, uh... no. <laughs> <laughs> she looks so like. I'm happy just saying all of it. <laughs> yeah, and ratings. I don't think this was as good as the last one. The orange uh, party storyline. <laughs> Uh, was fun and lots of dong. Um, the other storyline, yeah, it was okay. There was Mira, it was Mira. And I guess seeing Agro <laughs> come at the end. So I'll give it eight out of ten. Eight out of ten severed tongues. Was it his tongues or his lip? I thought it was his. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, that was gross. A lot of this episode was gross. Um, all the, I mean, but the party stuff was pretty like fun and silly, and like there's there's a lot to look at there, a lot happening. Um, I like the the politics between the brother, the sister, Alithia, Lucretia, um, Globber. I wish you had more of a personality. You're just the buzz biggest buzzkill. The storyline of um, the the gladiators and Lost in the Woods that was a big snooze. Um, so I'm gonna give it eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. Sh- just should have brought categories. <laughs> uh, that poor little kid. <laughs> <laughs> eight out of ten t- teenagers, preteen. Eight out of ten uh, preteens that don't belong at orgies. <laughs> uh, there it is. There's my rating. Oh, good times. <laughs> good times. <laughs> so our next two episodes. Uh, next episode is called Libertas. Libertas. And the one after that is called Chosen Path. Libertas. Well, it sounds like liberty. Um, Libertas Ostium is the character in King's, King's Glaive Final Fantasy 15. Yeah. Okay, it's a Final Fantasy crossover. Episode Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. So, Liberty, Libertas, um, and maybe they free Crixus. Maybe they take... Ooh, maybe they take like Lucretia as their slave. Uh trade. Hmm. Oh, you mean like maybe they capture her, but then they they do a trade or something? Yeah, maybe. Hmm. I don't know. That's a pretty vague title. <laughs> so what about that? Sounds like a cult. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like they they um they get involved with Scientology and the Church of Scientology. And you thought um Romans were kooky? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm right, so... Yeah, just verify. I think you're like 99 for right. All right, so... Tell us about your uh, podcast. Oh, yes. I was about to... <laughs> so, yes, I have joined the Defenders podcast as a permanent um, host. Um, so, yes, so we're currently discussing Jones, 
Uh, so the podcast is about all the Marvel, Netflix series, Luke Cage, Daredevil, Iron Defender. So right now we're in season two of Jessica Jones. We're discussing Luke Cage this summer and whatever. So yeah. 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 Which means you can no longer watch all the, sh- the of the season when it comes out. I could and just not tell anyone. No, <laughs> no but like I said on the, episode, the show, like usually what happens is I'll watch a few episodes and then I don't watch any for a while. And I was usually finishing around the same time that they did anyway. Just get this. There's so many shows. I just I come back. To. Yeah. I finished season two of Jessica Jones last night. I've already been by accident. Ooh. Yeah. What happened to no more TV podcasts? You're done with TV podcasts. I know. You just can't say no, there? can you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not starting any on my own. That's the <laughs> I'm not start okay. Anymore. Except for that uh, Downton Abbey podcast, that'll be the <laughs> <other> one. <laughs> what are you gonna call that one? Um. Well, get back into that mindset. So they talked about the time. <laughs> um. I don't know. Uh, cousin Matthews, something. It could be a reference to something that happened that new people won't, <laughs> won't get until they, but anyway, so yeah, mail at spartacast.com, Twitter at Sparta. I would love to hear from you. You can, uh, also find me at Hooplecast, hooplecast.com, where we cover HBO pilots since we wrapped Deadwood. And tomorrow I'll be recording uh in treatment the pilot of in treatment and the first part of the miniseries john adams oh i love it so good. it's good it it you wouldn't think that just people talking to their therapist could yeah. be that compelling but they do structure it with a lot of mystery so that they'll allude to things um in their conversation and then you'll be like well, what did that mean or what are they referring to in that and then they then they'll sneak in like what they had actually been talking about and you're like oh i get it now that makes so much sense. And then they'll tease a little something at the end, usually. Yeah. And you'll be like, well, you'll find more about that next episode. Or next. I, I love the structure of the show. Yeah. And for those of you who haven't seen it, it's, it is about a therapist and his different patients. But there's every... Well, the way it originally aired was that um, it aired like five nights a week for 30 minutes each episode. And each night of the week was a different patient. Actually, the first four nights were patients. And then on the fifth night, the therapist met with his own therapist. And you could actually, if a certain storyline, a certain patient wasn't interesting, not watch that one. And just watch the ones that were most appealing. Yeah. You could check in with the ones you wanted to. So that was kind of really cool in that in that way. Though, I mean, there was like, in some, they reference others. Well, mostly in the one with his own therapist. He'll talk about his other patients that he saw during the week. But it uh, it ran for three seasons. It was based on an Israeli show, and uh, it is enjoyable. So check us out, out at hooplecast.com. So um, when the Deadwood movie comes out, I'm sure you guys win. I'm saying win, not if. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm planning on Thanks. resurrecting what we make when the next Terminator comes out. We should be next year. I feel like there'll there'll always be a Terminator something. Yeah, you know, even after all, yeah, retires or whichever one comes first. So yeah, that's it. I'm hungry. All right. Well, <laughs> this was fun. Have a good night. Oh, yeah. oh no, yeah. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. I dropped my phone. <laughs> <laughs>